Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. Uh, Chip's not here today, but my co-host uh, is a really good friend and a super funny stand-up comic and the host of his own podcast called Fight Stories. What's going on, John Moses? <laughs> What's going on? Like, you're not going to believe this. He's got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Another comic with a podcast. <laughs> it's almost impossible to find two of them. Um, our guest today is, uh, one of my all time favorite comedians, uh, to work with, to, uh, hear his war stories, uh, from back in the day at the comedy store and, uh, say hello to Jimmy Schubert. Hey, good, uh, good, good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Whatever fucking time we're doing this, you know, in the, in the metaverse, you know, I know you guys pre-record some of these things. So, uh, how are you guys doing? All right. Doing well. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. And you don't you don't have a podcast, right? No, yeah. I don't. I fucking refuse. He doesn't need one. At, at this point, I'm like I'm going the other direction. It's like having kids. If I was going to have kids, the time to do it would have been 20 years ago. If I should have been podcasting, the time to do it would have been 20 fucking years ago. Now yeah. I'm not. I don't. Although. You know, there may be some room opening up the top, apparently. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know what the thing is? Anytime anybody uh, asks me to do a podcast, you know what I hear in my head? I said, hey, you want to get fired 10 years from now for something you said 10 years ago? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I hear in my head. What's this say? You want to do a podcast? You want some fucking douchebag? fucking half a sissy reporter to go back through your old podcast and find a line or right. maybe something you said and take it out of context and cancel your life. Would you like that? <laughs> Would you like to be a guest on that, Jimmy? No, I, uh, it's fine. I, you know, the thing is, the funny thing is I remember, you know, I used to do this shit when it was fun, when you could actually have fun and you could write jokes. You'd have to worry about being canceled when it was fucking fun. And man, I have a lot of fun because you're probably going to talk to me based on the name of the podcast about my touring years with the late, great Sam Kinison. Yeah. Because let me yeah. tell you something. That was fucking rock and roll. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, uh, uh, like, like it was, like I felt like I was a bass player in a fucking 80s hair band and I was only doing jokes. But, you know, we were on a tour bus. We were driving to 70 cities. We did 30 cities. We're in this giant tour bus. And Sam had, like, music he would close his show with. And it was, I mean, you know, we're doing, like, 5,000-seater, 6,000-seat arenas. And it was Sam Kinnis and the Outlaws of Comedy, the guys like Alan Stevens and Mitchell Walters and Carl LeBeau. And, man, uh, good God, it was fucking fun. I mean, these guys, all the guys, not, not only was Sam hilarious, but all the guys that opened the show were fucking hilarious. I was like the mascot. I was this young kid. And they all kind of took me under the wing and taught me how to do fucking stand-up comedy. I mean, Carl LeBeau, pretty much, you know, uh, who uh, who passed away earlier this year, is my good friend for about 25, 30 years, and uh, colon cancer. But, uh, but he literally, you know, when we were going up in front of like, you know, 6,500 people, he said, listen, you got to be the joke. You can't just tell the joke. You got to perform the joke. You got to be the guy in the joke. You, gotta, you know, and, and really taught me how to, to, to make 6,000 seats intimate. Which how is, which how is old were you when this was happening? Oh, I was like 25 years old, man. I was a fucking kid. I mean, Jesus, Sam's been dead 30 fucking years. Right. You know what I mean? That's crazy. I mean, that's this year he'll be dead 30 fucking years you know i you know it's it's interesting because i still go back and watch him to stand up and 
somebody was using one of his one of his bits on the TikTok. I was scrolling through what I heard and I was like, wow. But I mean, holy shit, it's been 30 fucking years since he passed away. And this, you know, these last couple of years have been tough. Holy smokes, Bob Saget and Louis Anderson and a bunch of, you know, I mean, I started the comedy store in 1984. Uh, you know, not to, but it, yeah, I was a fucking doorman. And I watched all the best guys in the country. I mean, Robin Williams would come in. Richard Pryor would come in. Carlin would come in and work on shit. I mean, you got to watch the best of the best. I mean, Louis Anderson, Gary Shandler. Fucking, uh, I mean, Andrew Dice Clay, Sam Kinison, Arsenio Hall, I mean, Eddie Murphy. I mean, it was like a who's who. It was like a college, a comedy college, and it was phenomenal. And you got the, and you could learn as much watching a bad comedian as you could watching a great comedian. I mean, I just studied it, man. I would sit there and watch the door and watch it all night long, every night. And that was really like my, my kind of college, but holy I'm shit. Wat- watching I, the bad comedy is, um, it's almost more fun than watching the good comedy well you know you know i mean you know guys like brody stevens who like you don't watch brody who who also uh passed away i mean like it was fun to watch (laughs) a fucking bomb i mean he was hilarious i mean that's that's the thing about the comedy store the comedy store like if you were trained like you're an assassin i don't give a fuck what anybody says i mean you're only following the funniest guys and the best comedy i mean i could you could say like the cellar in new york and probably the comedy store in la are probably two of the most important comedy clubs in america i mean you know if you're able to get trained there and what in those venues i mean you're going to be an assassin i mean you get to watch the best guys and i mean that's your standard yeah you know and so uh so i worked really hard i worked really hard on my stand up and uh, at one point after sam died i kind of left los angeles and uh i uh, went to florida because i met a girl and we kind of were living together and stuff but there was also a great vibrant comedy scene down here and for the next four or five years i just worked on finding my voice and uh you know, that's, you know, because, you know, you watch guys like Kinnison and stuff. They're at the top of their craft. They're doing this. I mean, it was great to watch the process. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's amazing. I mean, it still sticks with me to this day when you're creating and writing stuff. But uh, I mean, holy smoke, bro. The guy was fucking out of his fucking mind. I mean, first off, he was a fucking amazing comic. He was a really great guitar player. He could play the fucking piano. He had all these fucking rock and roll guys that fucking loved him and wanted to hang out with him. He, he had I mean, hangers on. Look. He had rock star hanger-ons. Like the well, way, the know, way people... On. These guys, but but the, these hanger-on were also guys that showed up to do his uh, Wild Thing yep. video with Jessica, Jessica Hahn in the pit with... You know, Rudy Sarzo and and, and, and CC uh, Deville and, and, and Stephen Slash, yeah, and Joe Perry, yeah, I, Slash, and, and you know, yeah, all those guys were willing to come out and be in Sam's video because he wasn't a rocker; he was a comedian. But I mean, it was—I uh, mean, all those guys hung out for 16 hours. It was a day after the MTV Music Video Awards, so they were all in town and they hung out next to day to do Sam's video, and it was freaking w- awesome. Were there drugs at that video shooting <laughs> you to help entice them to hang around? <laughs> bro, 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 it's like asking who cried when all the yeller died. You really have to ask the question. I mean, bro, there was, there was, uh, there was, uh, you know, all throughout. You know, it's, it's funny because people think like Sam, like Sam used to party. Like, you know, like recreationally. Uh, but when his younger brother, Kevin, committed suicide, I think things like went up a notch to where it got to be a fucking problem. I mean, I think he harbored a tremendous amount of guilt. You know, he made a deathbed, a deathbed, 
promise to his dad that he would look after his little brother and Kevin wound up committing suicide. So I think that really, really kind of, uh, I mean, you know, you got that grief. I mean, I don't envy that uh, position at all. I got five brothers, you know, there's six mm-hmm. male children. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I love them all to death, but I mean, I can't imagine what that's like. So I'm, I'm sure that kind of fuck with him a little bit. And I'm sure the, the use, and the problem is when you stop drinking and, and when you're using drugs and, and liquor to like numb the pain, the problem is after that grief passes and you know, something like that grief doesn't really pass, but you know, you're still stuck with all those bad habits. Right. So there was a point at one time where Sam, Actually, uh, you know, we're going to AA, we're going to AA, we're going to like, you know, meetings. We, 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 I think we went to like 88 days, you know, Sam was trying to clean up his act. He was thinking about getting married. And so, you know, I figured, fuck it, let's go, let's go clean up. And, uh, you know, uh, Hasi Osborne and Steven Tyler were his sponsor. So, I mean, like, fucking, you know, I mean, you couldn't That's- fucking set yourself up. For, I remember one night, you know, we go, we go, fuck, we go into the Rainbow Room on Sunset Boulevard, and uh, we're in there. We're like clean and sober, eighty-eight fucking days, right? And you fucking see Ozzy in the back, and he's got this fucking Dr. Seuss hat on. It's all fucking crooked. I can see him bouncing off the wall. Hagen son, Hagen son, what's up? <laughs> I go. Apparently, he was at a meeting this morning, and he's not. Uh, He's going off the rails. Oh, my no, God. So his sponsor it. was in the back room smashed. Uh, no, no, no. He says, don't. He was fucking banged up. And the next oh, thing you know, gotcha. and the next thing you know, he's going, fucking Sam, come on. And so next thing you know, we're in the back bathroom at the Rainbow, which is a really fucking tiny room. It's fucking Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> And we're doing bumps. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sam looks at me and goes, fuck it. I was sober eight, eight days. Then I realized I already have a keychain. Fuck it, you know, because they give you the. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and uh, you know, but uh, I mean, you know, gave it the old uh, college try. He was, uh, it was definitely a fucking character. I, I think probably a really. Uh, I mean, man, it was it was fucking great. It was great to travel, and then there was a place behind the comedy store, the Crest Hill, and that Crest Hill house was the house that Mitchie Shore owned. But she would put comedians up there, and like there was a period, like after like the club would close. Everybody could kind of go up to Crest Hill. I mean, one night it was Ron Jeremy, Billy Idol, uh, Ted Nugent. I mean, they were like, you know, there was like fucking rock stars and porno stars. Just rock stars fucking, and rapists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, it was crazy, man. And, uh, you know. Uh, I can't stop laughing thinking about Ozzy being your sponsor. Like, you wouldn't even know. Not only being a sponsor, but taking him out. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, dude, well, listen, here's the funny thing. So after we do the bumps, Sam goes, let me make a call. And this guy, Artie, we know, who had also drove a limo, he used to fucking bring, he used to have some baggies. And so he pulls up in the fucking front of the fucking rainbow room. And then Sam gets in, I get in, Ozzy gets in. And then Artie runs around and sits like next to me between Ozzy. And Ozzy's fucking hammering. He goes, you believe in evil? <laughs> Do you believe in the power of the dark forces? Do you believe it? I'm going, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And this guy's looking at me going, you know, I just try to stay positive, really. I just try to have a happy, positive outlook on life. I just try to stay positive. And the other guy goes, that's the same. We're going to have a series of very bad dreams for the next few nights. And oh, apparently, fucking Satan can't control his drinking problem and his drug problem. You still, you know, put a curse on your life that you would feel uncomfortable about uh, you know, your, your choices. Uh, you know, and it's funny because that life now, that life, 
which was fucking real. It was rock and roll. You're on a tour right. bus. You pull into a city. You meet the limo. It takes you to the radio. You go do freaking radio. You grab a nap in the afternoon. That night, you're doing two shows at the Fox Theater in Detroit that sends about like 6,000 people, five, 6,000 people. And then you're off onto the bus. You're onto the next city. It was like 70 cities. It was like, it's fucking rock and roll, man. You know? And this morning, my alarm goes off at 5.30. I go to the fucking gym. I do an animal cardio. I do a fucking, we did legs today. I came home. I'm doing your podcast, and then I'm going golfing. But that, too, is fucking rock and roll, except it's a healthier version. (laughs) It sounds like Christian rock. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's Christian rock and roll. But I mean, you know. But it's living. Last couple years. Uh, you know, I've lost about nine friends, so I decided yeah. to fucking get, you know, do my do my thing and fucking take better care of myself. And uh, it's funny because that that life that you like described, like you get in the limo, you spill out, you do a show like that, like one night would be all over TMZ now. Oh, oh, oh now. You know. oh, are you kidding me? Dude, that's the one thing I am thankful for is that there was no freaking social media. About oh, that. Yeah. I mean, it would have been it would have been a fucking you, right. it would have been done. You, you cancel immediately. Right. I, dude, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's just, but it was fucking fun. Okay. Yeah. It was a little oh, dangerous, yeah. but it was fucking fun. I mean, I hung out with, you know, David Lee Roth and you met, the, met all these fucking rock and rollers and they would come to your shows and they would see you. There was a place, um, the China Club in New York City. Really, it's a, it's kind of like a, a, a great little kind of inside joint up there on Columbus Avenue. You know right. what I mean? But, you know, uh, but they had, a, they had one. They opened up a China Club West out here. And one night we're in there and it's like uh, Herbie Hancock, Sting, uh, Little Steven from the E Street Band. There was, I mean, it was just like this who's who of rock and roll. Dude. And Sam had this guitar. It was like an old 56 Bel Air with that like little light that came off the back. Mm-hmm. And when you hit the wah-wah bar, the thing lit up. He was up on stage jamming with all these guys. Johnny Go- John Goodman was up there singing. They called themselves as Johnny B. Goodman's. And, 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 and it was just like, I mean, it was just, it was like, it was, and, and you know, Phil Collins and Eric Clapton would come up to, to, to wow. the comedy store. I mean, Sam had this notorious, like, cult uh, celebrity following. Like, you know, like even people, people, John Landis would come in. You'd see all these great people that would come in. They heard about this comedian. And I, I, you know, I really haven't seen, I haven't seen anything like that since. I mean, they would just come in and Sam was just like this notorious. Uh, I mean, you know, there's like, it's amazing that he could pull it off. There's things that would have got him canceled that um, made him more notorious. Like he got thrown off of Saturday Night Live, banned from Saturday Night Live. The following week, he's back on hosting again. All right. <laughs> and they have two mounted cops walk him out on each side of him so he can't misbehave this time you know what i mean like he would take these heart like these things that were ruin anybody else's career and it just made them <laughs> more notorious and more and it's like i got to a point where people almost expected that kind of behavior which could be a trap which really. yeah of which which yeah. definitely hurt him i'm sure in the long run well you know listen i i mean there's no there's no question about it i mean the guy was hilarious and and not he was hilarious but he was like the first guy to break you know unless they're not going to include rat pack but he brought out, you know, Carl Abel, Mitch Walters, and Alan Stevens, and myself, and and these were like these were all really, really funny guys. I mean, those were the guys that opened the show. And then there was a little intermission, and then Sam would come out and do an hour. But I mean, that was well, a part of kind the, of what hurt him. A part of the problem is like when you have no consequences for your actions, you never have to address the drugs and the demons, right? Yeah, but you know, you're you're right. I mean, you, you know, we look at you know. Uh, 
uh, look at Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, and you, and you know the other side. I mean, you know these managers and agents were trying to help him get clean and help him get his thing. It's just, it's you know, once that shit's got its hooks in you. Right. I mean, it's, and believe me, I, I, you know, I, many are greater per, per, persons than myself have been uh, falling victim to it. So, I mean, and if you're doing shit, I mean, look at this Kate Quigley story. I mean, those three comedians yeah. died. Yeah. They almost slipped fentanyl in their cocaine. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're doing drugs nowadays, you're you're just right. like, you're, you're I mean, look, look, at least we don't have to worry about that shit. All right. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we abused ourselves enough. But I mean, if you're doing that shit now, like, but it was different then. It was different. Like things are, I mean, now you got social media. I mean, it's a full time fucking job. Yeah. You know I mean? You got to, you got to keep writing. You got to keep putting albums out. You got to keep putting fucking, you know, specials out, even though you're producing them yourself and, and just kind of, you know, making it and, and doing CDs, fucking driving them up the fucking iTunes chart and keeping, you know, this is a full time fucking job now, you know? All right. Uh, just, the, right, and, right. Just, just the promotional part of it. Yeah. Just, uh, and so, you couldn't do that. Nobody could could do that now. It's 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 not feasible. I mean, you know, it's just not a feasible situation. I mean, look, it, it, it was a completely different time. And and man, I, I'm curious. Things, I mean, when you guys were on the uh, on the tour bus, right? I mean, like you're yeah. you're rolling in the tour bus, you're partying, you're rolling into the next city the next day, you're doing two shows. Like, about how much sleep were you guys getting? Well, you know, it's interesting. It wasn't an everyday thing. I mean, okay. you can't really tour and do that stuff. But every right. once in a while, you know, you'd break out and do a little freaking thing. I mean, some of, the, some of these, you know, some of these fucking guys we were touring with would score a fucking blow in a convent. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy, would, the guy would go to the fucking racetrack and come back with an eight ball. Go, How the fuck? Do you, what, what are you fucking? What are you fucking? I mean, these fucking guys. Just magnets. These guys yeah. Could, these guys could hold out in the shower. Yeah, I mean, and that—that's like, you were in a, that's before I mean, cell phones and and yeah, yeah, mailing, yeah, texting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's crazy. Like this guy, Mitch Walters. Mitchell was a real grifter. Mitchell was a card mechanic. He was a grifter. Uh, you know, he, he grew up. And believe it or not, him and David Copperfield and this kid named Alan Bursky, they all started doing magic when they were like eleven. They were all like best friends. And but Mitchell was one of these guys who could fucking like a complete fucking degenerate. He just treated life like it was the betting window at a fucking racetrack. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I go, Mitchell, you got to fucking pick. If you're a drug addict, or you're a fucking gambling degenerate, or you're a fucking card mechanic, or you're a fucking grifter, what the fuck? I mean, he was just. Uh, and he also passed away this year. Like, uh-huh. But he, that guy was like, he could go, like, <laughs> you wonder why? No, because he could, uh, you know, go, like, he would go buy an eight ball, and then he would throw two grams of cut on the original eight ball, which is three and a half grams. Now he would have five and a half grams. He'd go back and sell the original eight ball and keep two grams for his fucking head. He goes, America, where you can still throw two on three and a half and still get your egg. <laughs> I mean, like, that kind of that kind of, that kind of thinking, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, thank God. I believe, thank God I outgrew all that fucking shit. Thank God, I, you know, that my, my guardian angel has three sets of wings and, and looked after me after that shit. And then, I mean, it's just, uh, boy, it was it was fun, though. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. Of course. It was fucking a blast. In fact, one time at the, the, the main room at the comedy store on a Monday night, I drove him off stage. I drove Sam off stage on my fucking motorcycle, which, <laughs> which blew his fucking mind. You, I mean, you pulled was, your motorcycle into the club? Yeah, well, I was also sleeping with Mitchie Shore, the owner of the comedy right. store. And I was a kid. I was like fucking 19. <laughs> I, was fucking, I was the younger guy, older girl, you know, older woman fantasy. I was banging that, uh, that 19-year-old cock in a 32-inch waist. I was just like, knocking the bottom out of it. 
And, uh, and I had to, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I was trying, so I was feeling especially cocky. And so I'm on the back of my motorcycle and I'm backstage and I'm just sitting on the thing. And someone goes, you're going to ride that motorcycle out there? I don't know. He goes, well, you know, it's never been done before. I go, you didn't have to say that. He <laughs> goes, if you go out there, you're going to need a joke. I go, all right. What's it? He goes, just go out and say it's last call. By the way, your ride's here. And I get these fucking mirrored sunglasses on. I get this long trench coat. And I'm like, hey, hey, hey. and then Sam kind of moves off to the side. They pull back the curtain. I go, fuck it out. I go, it's last call. I go, by the way, your ride's here. I had no idea at the time that Sam was scared to death of fucking motorcycles. Oh, but there's shit. a whole room full of fucking people there. So he had to act like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and he jumps on the back. We hit these fucking back steps. Boom, boom, boom. Up these fucking back steps. And I made this turn down the hallway. These fucking middle acts are jumping out of my way <laughs> into the dressing room. And boom, right out of the sunset boulevard. <laughs> I'm the fucking sunset. I go up to La Cienega and make the fucking U-turn. Kid is there, finally, let's go. And goes, you're a crazy motherfucker, man. You're a crazy motherfucker. We pulled up. He jumps off the back. It was like 40 people who ran out the building. You see where the fucking bike went. <laughs> jumped off the back. And then I didn't see him for like two weeks. And I walk in the comedy store, and I go, Jimmy Schubert, you crazy motherfucker, get over here. And Sam was standing with uh, Randy, uh, Lorraine Newman and Randy Quaid, and he fucking explained the story to them. And it was like, wow, that was fucking, I mean, I didn't even think about it. But yeah, I think that is pretty fucking wild. But it's, it's, you know, we got the story out of it. No one got hurt. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably cemented your tour on the, or spot on that tour forever, you know. Well, you know, I mean, Sam wasn't wasn't like Sam wasn't fucking nutty either. You know what I mean? Right, I mean, right, right. You know, so you like to hang out with like-minded fucking people, but you also like people who have fucking balls, guts, and I mean, this fucking job requires it. You yeah, know, job right. fucking requires it. But you, I mean, it scares the fuck out of you every night going up and fucking getting ready to do fucking jokes, and you and you still do it. You, you know, it scares the shit out of you. You're fighting off a panic attack. Are you ready for your headline? Are you backstage? <laughs> I, hope so. I, hope so. I mean, you know, fuck, you know, fighting off a panic attack, trying to go out and do fucking stand up. You've been doing it for thirty years. I mean, that shit never goes the fuck away. I mean, I everybody. It affects some people are better than others, but I mean. You know, it's not all the time, but sometimes you get that fucking, you know. The thing about Sam, too, that I always say is that, like, comedy, um, comedy loses its teeth over time. So the acts that were so shocking 30 and 40 and 50 years ago, if they came out today, it's nowhere near as shocking. Like, if Lenny Bruce came out today... It, people, oh, it wouldn't even be a blip on the radar. Well, you, you know, be the open is, crowds. yeah, but the problem is, like, fucking Carlin and Pryor, and mm-hmm. fucking, they would have canceled all these motherfuckers. Yes. I feel fucking sorry for these fucking cancel culture fucking people. They have no joy in their lives. I think a sense of humor is great for your yeah. physical well-being. I think it promotes a sense of emotional well-being. And these people have no, it just robs them of any yes. fucking joy that you just can't enjoy life. And I feel sorry for you. I really fucking do because it must be no fun when your heart's filled with hate. And you're such a fucking shallow, narcissistic, self-centered fucking cunt that you have to go fucking ruin. So, like, he can't make it. Like, you, you arrogant fucking turd. If I yeah. could fucking, you know, I would fucking stab you in the neck with a pencil if you'd come out from under your fucking keyboard. You, you're, a, you're a fucking, you, know, you fucking arrogant. I, I banish you from all of society. 
you are not allowed to work because you you beat off in front of a couple of people. Big fucking deal. What's the point of selling out two sold out shows? Beat off in front of a couple of fucking people. And people that said yes, that they didn't mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, really? I mean, like, I feel like, you know, all this fucking shit, it's, 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 it's fucking, I'm telling, you know, this is what happens when you're not allowed to say the word retarded. People actually become fucking retarded because people are reminding them on a daily basis that they're fucking mentally encumbered. You're, you know, I, I mean, seriously, I, there's like, I, I watch the world and I, I really, I just, I mean, I love what I do. I just, I have, I, I'm mostly by myself most of the time. I fucking do hot yoga in the afternoon. I meditate like a fucking monk. I'm up doing cardio. I'm you should do a mass thing. shooting at hot yoga because it's all of those people that are canceling people. <laughs> everybody you're in that no, class with. Actually, actually, no. The fucking meditation is what fucking chills everybody the fuck out. Right. And these people aren't fucking. I got, I got news for you, bro. You see those fucking yoga pants in fucking yoga class, which is where those yoga pants belong. A lot of women are wearing those yoga pants. I ain't never seen the inside of a yoga studio, all right? They've been to Walmart, they've been to the liquor store. You're wearing those yoga pants and you look like you're hitting the ass with a bag of nickels. Now let's fucking, let's fucking, let's put down, let's put down a, you know, you gotta you yeah. wear the yoga pants. You gotta go loose joggers yoga. if that's if that's yeah, your body. Yeah. And, and by the way, girls, those yoga pants aren't supposed to be baggy, okay? Eat a fucking sandwich, okay? You're not supposed to, they're not so, those fucking sped that pants aren't supposed to have a little sag in the ass all right go eat a fucking cheeseburger all right (laughs) the um well the the point that i wanted to make was that if if sam came out today he would be more controversial he would be even more incendiary than he was 30 years ago and it's it's the op like usually comedy loses its fangs over time i think sam would have been yeah, well, Sam would know, have been the thing, most controversial comic in in the country right now. Yeah, well, you know him, and you look at some of Bill Hicks's stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you looked at you look at Carlin and Pryor and all the guys they created, Robert Klein, all the people like the influences of that culture on fucking stand up, like Robert Klein and Paul Reiser and Jerry Seinfeld come out of that kind of Robert Klein school and that David Brenner school in New York. But I mean, if you look, I mean, a lot of guys fucking were doing a a Tennyson derivative or a, a prior derivative. You see it all the fucking time. I mean, right. You know, the problem is, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I just want to make a living doing something I love to do. And there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, you could do corporate events, you do clubs, you could do casinos, you could do theaters. And so I prefer to work to the top of my intelligence and right around all the bullshit. I mean, I, I look, I can talk about anything and make it fucking hilarious. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about politics. All right? I've had people fucking thank me for not bringing it up. What's the fucking point? I mean, I'll leave that to guys like Ken, who loves to fucking talk about it. Yeah, I go to 7-Eleven, there's Mother Teresa in the back. The guy's fist fucker on a meat slice in the back of the 7-Eleven. You ever see that happen? Anyway, it's good to be here in fucking Jersey. Oh, my name's Ken Krantz. You know, he, he that's word for word out of my act. I'm impressed. That's uh, right there. That's his, that's, his, that's his own fucking opening joke. No, I'm just... Uh, I open and close with that. I feel it's that, strong. No, I just, no what, you, what, you, you don't go to fucking Mother Teresa getting fist fucked on the, on the fucking meat slicer of the 7-Eleven bit. No, uh, anyway, but yeah, I just, I just prefer to like just fucking just, you know, write around it. Like just write around anything that you can still get. It'd still be fucking hilariously funny. That's what I like. I, I mean, eventually I'll go back to fucking... 
finger banging, you could join twins and get that stuff. I'll fucking blow the dust <laughs> off of those bits yeah, yeah, and yeah. get back to them. But and, it, you know, but it's, it's a, just, a best it's of just, CD. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, like, well, no, but I, 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 I like doing those fucking, but I like, but, but also, you know, I think it was when I did last comic standing that I like, cause it, when you do last comic standing, you get like two minutes and 40 seconds and it has to be fucking written and, sub- and submitted to like the lawyers and oh, the wow. legal department. So they can look through all your fucking jokes to make sure there's no fucking references. And you got two minutes and 40 seconds. That's how much time you got, which is like, I mean, you know, it takes me 15 yeah. minutes to say fucking hi to people, you yeah. know? but it got me on this fucking bend of like creating these little fucking little pieces of, uh, you know, verbal flame mignon, but no fat on it. And just fucking boom, boom, boom. And being able to do it uh, within the parameters of the, the legal department. And so I did that for like six or seven months. And I just came out of that, uh, you know, a better writer and a better comedian. I just figured out ways. And it was last, com- and it was auditioning for last comic standing that put you on that mindset. Well, no, I actually. Or not auditioning, but being on the show. But but that's, yeah, that's what put you in the mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah Interesting. put me in that mindset. And you go, wow, that's fucking, you know, I mean. It was just that um, that you could you could, you don't have to work you know I, and believe me I was as filthy as fucking anybody and now I just kind of started going the other way mm. and I started booking I started booking a couple of corporate events and these fucking things are paying fucking eight grand a fucking night with a thousand travel expenses you know, you know what maybe if I could do a couple of these fucking, <laughs> do a couple right. of these a month you know what the fuck yeah. I mean you know, you know you're doing are you doing some of these like I mean you know. <laughs> Fucking, 10 fucking grand you know what i mean yeah. you start doing these fucking corporate events you go fuck yeah i could clean it up a little bit shit i did a fucking bar mitzvah three weeks ago at the west palm beach fucking improv and fucking and um and i told the lady no three fucking times she goes we need you for a bar mitzvah i go lady go to fucking google and watch the shit that comes up she goes we've seen it we think you'd be fine I go, these are 13-year-old kids. Lady, I, go, I can't. She goes, yeah. He tell me he'd be fine. Was, how much? Five grand? I'll be there. What time? Eight, nine, <laughs> fucking, 25 minutes of fucking PG-13 with a smile on my face. Shishing. I don't even give a fuck anymore. I, I got to go play fucking golf for the next fucking seven days and not give a fuck, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, we're up against it. We're coming. I got to teach. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great exit. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, I, I just want to enjoy my fucking life, man. I, I want to do my fucking stand up. I want to do you know clubs and do the do the thing, and uh, you know I'll create fucking albums. And I'll, uh, I record my shit all the time. I'm constantly working on material, and just do that. Release it on Sirius XM. Get some of that little fucking yeah. Screen, I hear Sirius nice. If Sirius goes away, I will kill myself. <laughs> yeah, and then so, and then and so, you know, and sell your fucking albums and get them played on, you know, and, and sell them on iTunes and get all this like you know residual uh, streams of income. I mean, I, you know, I just found out recently that I have a pension from the Screen Actors Guild. I mean, I've done enough acting that over the years that when I'm ready to re- when I'm ready to retire. I'll get like 15, 27 a month just from my fucking acting. Oh, beauty. That's great. Yeah, which is great. But I mean, these are things I knew. Like, I really kind of focused heavy on that. Like, after I went back to Los Angeles, crashed the Montreal Comedy Festival and got seen by Brandon Tartikoff back in 96 and got back in, got a big development deal and went back to Los Angeles and got another uh, chance to go out there. I focused real heavy on the acting stuff and just trying to get some, uh, some you know, co-star stuff and then some guest star stuff. 
did 15 episodes of the King of Queens. I did like four episodes of Entourage, a couple episodes of ER. I really started working that. I started doing, you got, got lucky enough to get in some motion pictures, one hour photo and stuff like that. And, you know, they don't have to be big jobs. I mean, you know, you may have a fucking scene with the leads like, uh, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith I had a scene with the, uh, Brad and Angelina Jolie, but at the end of the day, a, a job like that will pay you $25,000 just in residuals. You know what I mean? Yeah. You work on it for three days and then, you know, you, so it's. Ken, maybe we'll get a pension from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're gonna, there you go. There you go. There you go. But, I, I, but I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I've been very fortunate to, you know, I mean, have a get another chance at it you know after sam died i thought that was kind of over and then yeah that must have i got been. invited and i got invited back out to los angeles i had managers and agents now and i was able to kind of build a second career you know doing that stuff and so very fortunate i had to get out of there recently because of the pandemic and i live in florida now where uh it's not like uh, 1934 <laughs> berlin <laughs> where, where it's not existent <laughs> i mean well you know you know the thing is people go well your papers i mean need to see your papers please your papers <laughs> your papers are not in order i mean so but i was going to say i mean what's the difference between you know your papers are not in order and uh, you know but, I mean, man, we're living in the upside down. I really, I, I, I mean, I'm, I, I just can't, I, I can't believe it. Like just the, the way that the, this whole thing's shaken out. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's, uh, I don't, I don't know about Florida. It seems like at least this, this wave's winding down. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was watching you last night. So there's this great uh, documentary on Sam Kinison called I am Sam. And um, you're all over it. And what what I noticed in watching was the other comics and this this this, I think it was 2017. This came out. So it's still a fairly recent documentary. Yeah. Yeah. All the other comics were, you know, telling their wild Sam stories and they were laughing. Um, But every time they interviewed you, I thought there still seemed. Like there was a definite sadness about you uh, recount, recanting these stories, uh, about you retelling these stories. Like you still seemed, you still seemed profoundly impacted by well, Sam's past. I, I mean, Sam was a friend. Yeah, and Sam was a friend. I mean, you know, you get to know these folks. I mean, I know Louis Anderson. I knew freaking Bob Saget. For 25 fucking years in the comic store, these people become your friends. They're, they're not only you're your heroes, but you're also your mentors and people you can ask and, and talk to. And, 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 you know, you may not be real close with them, but every time you see them, there was a, you know, conversation and a chat and stuff. And Sam, you know, was different. I mean, Sam put a lot of cool moments in my life and he yeah. was really like a, a mentor. And, you know, we went around and, 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 and it was crazy. Yeah. It, you know, plus I, I, you know, a lot of these guys, like you watch that special and you see guys like uh, Corey Feldman. I mean, that guy is a shallow, vacuous fucking, that, the, the guy's just a fucking liar. I mean, none of that shit he said was fucking true. Oh, you know, you see, you see these people talk about like, you know, I mean, Charlie Sheen, these people were fucking drug acts. Those were the fucking drug addict kangaroo owners yeah. that they interviewed because they needed names for it. But I wouldn't, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't go and fucking touch them. I wouldn't go near fucking Corey. Corey Feldman, that guy's a fucking fucking train wreck. Or you know, they, these they, these people are fucking delusional. You know, the, the thing is, I had a real relationship with fucking Kennison. You know, yeah. I, you know, I we were friends. We were fucking friends for like eight years. We toured together. It was a it's a different ball game. I fucking there's a side of me that feels bad. 
I wonder what he, what he would be doing if he was was still with us today. I wonder what kind of comedy he would have still been creating. I wonder how he would have handled all this or thought about all this. I mean, he was getting married. He was thinking about starting a family. I mean, the guy was only 38 when he died, for God's sakes. So and he was just hitting his, hitting his prime. So, yeah, he was my friend. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a there is a sadness there. And I think, you know, I know I, I never I didn't. I, I mean, I know people had a bad scene with him. I never had a bad scene with him. I mean, you know, I mean, I always had, I, I could think, I mean, it was a little fucking nutty at times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, you know, it was, it was what it was. I mean, you know, I, I think when Kev, I think when Kevin, uh, Sam's brother, Kevin committed suicide, I think, uh, you know, maybe I represented a type of Kevin to Sam. And so he looked out Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know what I mean? Uh, that, you know, or, or, or that somebody would have looked out for his brother or whatever, but he was, you know what I mean? I mean, so, but yeah, cool moments, man. I mean, I got to do freaking, we got to, you know, hang out and have dinner with Stallone. At the out, 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 you know, we went to this Chinese restaurant and Sam Kiss and me and Salon and then all these other people at the table was having a conversation. I mean, you know, it's a lot of, you know, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was cool. I, 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 I wonder often of what, what, uh, you know, out of all the things I've been able to do, I, I wonder if, you know, if Sam would be proud of the things that I was able to accomplish after he left, you know. And so, yeah, you know, they're, they're friends. He was a mentor. My buddy Carl LeBeau was also a friend and a mentor and, and Mitchell Walters as well. So uh, you just try to, um, you know, make people proud of how far you've come. I yeah. mean, I, that was a, I was a different guy back then. I, look, I don't condone that fucking drug use by any stretch of the imagination. It happened. We did it. It's over. Boy, but I wish I could get those fucking years back. I'll tell you that. I don't, I don't recommend anybody do that. I'm, you know, I could talk about it. It's kind of funny, but fuck, you know, I yeah. mean, shit, if, I, if I'm the guy doing the, inter- if I'm the guy doing the intervention, you got a fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I mean, I've been fucking so blessed. I, I really have, man. I've been all over the world. I've been to China three times. I've been all over Europe and doing, uh, you know, armed forces entertainment tours in Afghanistan with Drew Carey. Uh, we went to Israel with Avi Lieberman. We did like 11 days over there. We, I did Ireland at the Balmers Comedy Festival. I've been all over from South America, North America. I mean, everywhere, like probably 15, 20 fucking times. It's just, it's an amazing life. And then they got, they got to make a living doing something I love to do. I'm forever grateful. I mean, I always feel an obligation to kind of pay it forward and help up. You know, anybody I can help. If someone goes, hey, you, yeah, we'll get you on the show. Well, I'll send you an email. I'll send a guy an email, tell him about you, and then you can follow up. So, yeah, I always try to you – know, a lot of people did it for me, so I feel an obligation to always kind of reach back. And if I can help somebody who I think is talented who's not going to shit on the opportunity, then I would do that. Yeah, that was that – was, it was cool that Sam did that for you and, and the other uh... – you know, comics on the rise because he could have just taken out his more famous friends, his more well-known friends. He could have taken, well, you know, bigger he, cir- names. He, circled, he circled back around and did that. It was, mm-hmm. you know, he toured with Paulie and Tommy Chong and he circled back around and did like Vegas stints with guys like that. So he, he did all that stuff. But Sam, I mean, man, you know, I'm not saying he was a perfect guy. I'm sure he had fucking problems, but uh, you know, he also was a fucking very cool, generous guy as well. Yeah. And, uh, and he loved stand up. I mean, me, him, and Mark Marin. Me and Mark Marin used to go stay up all night with him and talk fucking comedy theory and talk to, and, you know, and Sam would tell us, does a, 
you know, he would t- one night he got, he got drunk and, told, and he stole, um, what's his name's delivery, uh, Marty Feldman from the Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me we put an abnormal brain in my seven foot monster, that slow build, <laughs> that thing, like he said, he goes, I would, I would totally, I totally stole that delivery from, uh, from, um, <laughs> Uh, Mar- what's the guy Marty with the bug eyes? Well, Marty uh, Feldman. Yeah, he stole. He stole that. He goes. I completely stole that look. You know that build, that slow build. Yes. You know, me and Mar and me and Mark Maron were just fucking asking questions about like comedy and, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it was interesting. It was a it was a different different fucking time in comedy for sure. That's that slow build was so good because especially once you knew Sam, you knew that something was coming. So like yeah. when he goes on Johnny Carson and sings, are you lonesome tonight? And it's just, it's him singing and he had a decent voice and yeah. it's, it's two thirds of just like the Elvis, are you lonesome tonight song? But then when he gets to that little break where he starts screaming about, you know, I'm what, talking. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody did that better. I mean, that but whole, it, it's that. It, as soon as he says, you know, oh, I just wanted to know. I was just wondering. And people are laughing before he's even delivered a punchline just because they, yeah, they know they know it's coming. the build up is is there and, and they're at that moment. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny, man. I go back. I go back on YouTube and I watch. All, I, I, I love watching those roasts with Foster Brooks, Don Rickles, and those mm. those Dean Martin roasts. I like because that really gives you a, a glimpse into the, like you know how many like talented comics. Like you get to watch all these guys. Like Foster Brooks used to do that drunk act, but the guy stopped drinking many years before that. You know what I mean? There's this character he used to do, but he used to kill kill on the roast. Those guys were all doing Vegas. I, I you know I love I love all that the history of stand-up and how it kind of evolved from like vaudeville and radio and you know and, and to where it is today it's certainly amazing um do you think uh do you think sam would have gone down the road of doing more music and his last album leader of the band was half stand-up half rock album yeah well i think maybe he took himself a little too serious i think there was i, I mean you know you could have you know you you could have like he wanted to be the rock and roll fucking dude and actually to tell you the truth he was the real. Rock he he was. He's in, in my I opinion mean, it, is the only rock, the only true rock star comedy ever had. Yeah, I think I think so. I agree with you hundred percent. Dice, I mean, Dice was, was a character. You know, you you've had obviously. Oh, you know, Dice can play the drums, man. Dice can play the drums as well. It's funny watching the like you know. I mean, Jesus, I used to watch. I used to watch. Uh, you know, Dice Clay at the comedy store just annihilate audience. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, uh, you know, I mean, just, you just, you could stand in the back of, back of the room and watch people's heads do this, get this, like this rocking motion. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was great. I, was I, great I, I meant in terms of, uh, in terms of his lifestyle though, like he, he was living the yes. rock star and lifestyle. All, and, all, and all the guys, I mean, Tommy Lee and all those guys freaking love Sam, man. They were all, they were all big Sam fans. They would all come out to the comedy store. It was, you know, it was, <laughs> I was there the, <laughs> the night Roseanne came out uh, to the comedy store. Uh, amazing. Yeah. You do you want to tell then, that story? No, 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 no. We, we went enough. <laughs> I was just, 
Save you a little peanut butter. Go, go listen to gotta, go listen to Schubert on Mark Maron if you want to hear a yeah, fantastic yeah, you, you got, Roseanne you're, story. You're, you're you're asking a lot of questions. Well, you got a subpoena. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. You cut you cut into my tea time. What's what what what? what let's that, uh, no. Let's, that's uh, it, Jimmy. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on and doing this. Tell people where they hey, can man. find you. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you can go to jimmyschubert.com. You can find me on all the socials at Jimmy Schubert. There's no C in Schubert. It's S-H-U-B-E-R-T. Schubert, the Jimmy Schubert comedian on Facebook. Just uh, follow me on all the uh, on all the uh, socials. And uh, guys, I appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks. Great yeah, talk. Good talk to you, man. All right, Jimmy. Thank you guys, so man, much. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. All right. Take care. Oh, that was uh, <laughs> that's the first guest that I've ever had. Just be like, oh, did you stop recording? No. Oh, no, oh, um, that's the first guest that's ever been like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> and yeah, I like R- that. Richard Mark song in there till I was <laughs> till you were done asking questions. No, I, oh. I appreciate that. Somebody knows yeah. the heart out. You yes. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I won't repeat. I'll tell you off air. I won't repeat the Jimmy Schubert and Roseanne story. He tells it. So if, if you listen to uh, Mark Maron, you, right, you can go you, check that you out. You can go check it out and find it. John, thank you so much oh, yeah, for man. coming in. Where can people find you? Where you got anything coming up? Yeah. So uh, my third and final album <laughs> uh, will be coming out uh, probably beginning of March. It's called Super Spreader. Uh, it'll be on, uh, you know, everywhere you get. The is it, comedy is it re- albums, except is it for really Shopify. called Super Spreader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Kenny, uh, no, G- Kenny Garcia was just texting me. He has an album coming out called Non-Essential Worker, and he asked what I thought of the title. I was like, well, I like it. I think Super Spreader would be a good title too. Yeah, and he almost went with that. Well, I'm glad he didn't, because yeah. <laughs> I would beat the shit out of Kenny Garcia. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, any shows coming up you want to plug? Uh, sure. I'm at Foxwoods for the 40th time since the pandemic began on uh, February 19th and 20th. No, 18th and 19th. What's going on with the Foxwood budget that they've got like three comics in their rotation? <laughs> Listen, they just don't know that uh, how booking works, and I'm not about to correct them. <laughs> You're not okay. <laughs> You know, there's way more of us out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's literally a hundred thousand other people that would do this gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, Foxwoods House comic, February eighteenth uh, and nineteenth. All right, everybody, just uh, follow us, Rock and Roll Pod. Thank you, John, for coming on. Thanks, buddy. Oh, this I've, is great. Making the studios wait- great. I've been waiting to find an episode for you that wasn't super music heavy. Yeah, good. I know you're not a music. We can we can talk about trance and ecstasy one day. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. Everybody, see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.